1: Program contains shocking content that may give you a better or worse than pessimistic hope on anything you like. Viewer and listener discretion is advised. Izo and, and company finish up 15 and 13. How is this team capable of beating Duke, beating Rutgers, which is in the NCAA tournament, beating Illinois, beating Ohio State, beating Michigan down the stretch, and then that loss to Maryland in the second round of the Big Ten championship. That should have opened our eyes. It's opposite picks with Scott Wetzel. Ah. Welcome to Opposite Picks right here on Sports Grade Radio with uh, yours truly, Scott Wetzel. <clears throat> Sitting in for the next two glorious hours, taking your phone calls at 844 843 6879. Again, that's toll free, 844 843 6879. You want to follow me on Twitter? Send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. That's O P P O S I T E Picks, P I C K S. Email me. Go to the website, oppositepicks.com. Hit the contact, I Icon, and fire away. Oh, Emails, some tweets. Uh, maybe we'll get some phone calls on this Sunday morning. And, of course, a little YouTube chat as well right here on a Sunday, March 21st. As uh, maybe you could tell, I am battling a cold. Got the nasty flu. <clears throat> I got cough medicine, I got uh, cough drops, I got orange juice, I got uh, coffee, I, you know, you name it, I got it in my system right now, so hopefully we'll survive over the next couple of hours. Uh, and the voice warms up a little bit on this, what looks to be a, a beautiful Sunday morning. Well, a lot to get to for sure. VCU is O-U-T out. Uh, down goes LeBron, down goes Virginia and BYU. Ohio, yes. Ohio State, No. <clears throat> Abilene Christian, yes. North Texas, yes. Texas, though, no. Uh, big bucks on Oral Roberts. Uh, no faith in Sister Jean. Uh, full faith in Mid-Major Matt. Kudos to him. Gonzaga and Alabama come up big winners yesterday. Three times the charm in New Orleans. And uh, chips galore. We'll get to all those stories again, plus your phone calls, emails, and tweets, uh, right here on a uh, Sunday, March 21st. Yep, the voice is a little ragged, that's for sure. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> the well, part of the uh, the cough drops here and everything else that we're going to have over the next uh, couple of hours, but we will persevere uh, as they did in the NCAA tournament last night. Wow, another another day of upsets, including late. You know, not too many during the day, uh, but we got a bunch uh, at night, including if Case you missed it, the last game on the board as Abilene Christian. Uh, kudos to Mid Major Matt. Got to give him props. He called this when we had him on. Um, what was he on? Not this past Friday, the Friday before, on in game live with me and uh, Dane on uh, Friday night, and he said before he saw the bracket, so I don't, I don't, I doubt he jumped off the bandwagon. Maybe, but I doubt it against Texas. But he called it. Uh, kudos to him. props, to do. He said, no matter who they face, he thinks Abilene Christian's going to win its first round game. And I was like, really? And yeah, he loved this team, this, that, and what have. This was even before they got their their automatic bid, as a matter of fact. So. Uh, and sure enough, 53-52. Now, I thought the foul was a little weak, but, you know, they, they were down one. <clears throat> they had possession. They missed a shot with a second left. Kid goes for the rebound. He does get run into a little bit, but wow. So he gets sent to the free throw line, and uh, he sinks both free throws, and they win by one. How about that? I mean, that's... Uh, You'd like to see them play that stuff out. Was it a foul? Yeah. Did he hack him a little bit? Yeah. But was he really in the act of shooting? No. I'm kind of jostling for a rebound there, so I don't know. I thought that was pretty weak. You're truly sitting in for the next uh, two hours, taking you right up until 10 a.m. Eastern Time, as we always do. Just getting underway. Scott Wetzel on Sirius XM Channel 204 Sports Grid Radio, uh, NCAA Tournament. How are your brackets? Right, that's the big thing. That's what we'll get into, obviously, uh, throughout most of uh, this the program today. We got a bunch of uh, games that we'll also preview, obviously, with the uh, Sweet 16 on the line for the winners for today. Uh, I was surprised with a couple of games. Wasn't surprised with some. You know, Virginia losing to the, yesterday to Ohio. Oh boy, what a weird franchise slash team, right? University. Uh, they lose to Baltimore County three years ago in the first round. First 16 team ever. Then they win the national championship the next year. They We don't have a tournament, obviously, last year. And then this year, they, they go back to losing in the first round against Ohio. Well, you talk about feast or famine. I mean, just. And they were leading that game, not by a lot. You know, but when you're up five to seven points with Virginia, you know, which likes to play his games in the 50s, which for the most part it was yesterday, although they ended up creeping it to 60, uh, you know, th- that that's almost like a, you know, a double-digit lead. You know, you attack on, you know, four or five more points, a couple of extra possessions, and they still blew it. Couldn't buy a bucket down the stretch. Couldn't make, you know, that vaunted Virginia defense that we like to hear about so much, you know, and I've always pointed this out. Is it really defense or? Or is it they just say to- so much time off the clock on offense that they shorten the game down? You know, it's not that they're making great stops on defense. It's just that if you take all 30 seconds off every single play clock when you have the ball, then the, the games are going to be played in the 50s and maybe low 60s. And I don't know, seemingly that's what did them in last night or yesterday afternoon, actually. That, uh, you know, they, they shortened the game. But when it came down, the final five minutes, make a stop, make a little bit of a run. Uh, give Ohio credit. Uh, they got the buckets when they needed to, and they came away with the, the victory. Uh, big story yesterday, before we break it all down, and I got all the numbers we'll get into here. Oregon and VCU, no contest. Here's the scary thing about this. According to them, anyway, let's, let's take them for their word. VCU did not break protocol. You know, they did everything they were supposed to do. They were supposed to stay in the hotels, you know, go to go get a bite to eat, go right back to their hotel, not go anywhere, don't do anything crazy, and they still got the virus. So if they broke protocol, then you say, okay, they were wrong. But if they did everything right and they still got it, what does that mean for the rest of everybody else? They're maybe susceptible to getting it as well. Now, just getting it away, opposite picks on a Sunday morning.
0: look sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
2: I mean, we had some good stretches of defense in there we were deflecting balls making it hard on them and um and I, I thought, boy, I thought early in the game, Jeff, we were settling a little bit. We were shooting a little quick. And, um, and then I thought in the second half we ran pretty good offense and got the kind of looks, the rhythm open looks or some in the lane, uh, the shots we wanted. And we really had trouble capitalizing on them that I'd take probably, again, um, the quality of the looks. And I think going cold um, in that setting hurt. And when we did need a key stop, you know, they got a, a, a nice back door and a slip, and that just that hurt us. But uh, the guys played as hard as they could, and they fought. Um, but I think that ability to just – it comes down to whether it's banging a big shot here or there or getting our rhythm, and we looked um, – just didn't look like we had. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204.
1: Yeah, that's Tony Bennett, head coach of uh, Virginia. A lot of this stuff does boil down to that. You know, sometimes you hit the shots, other times you don't. You know, sometimes you run your offense, sometimes you don't. Um, you know, and ultimately everything can work out perfectly in some games, they hit some games. You know, you scratch your head and you wonder why. You know, how can Virginia win, win the national championship a couple of years ago, coming from the mighty ACC and everything else, take it out of Ohio? You know, here's a team that didn't even win its regular season conference, didn't win the postseason tournament in the MAC, was one of the better teams in the conference. Don't get me wrong, but. It's like, you know, how does that happen? How does Ohio State lose to Oral Roberts, for goodness sakes, you know? But if the shots aren't falling and you start – I I thought, you know, once these teams got into overtime like, you know, uh, uh, Ohio State did on on Friday that they would actually end up winning, but – You know, not even that, not not even, you know, overtime where maybe, 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 just maybe the other team starts to feel it a little bit, the underdog. But, you know, when the underdog's playing for nothing, boy, and the pressure's not on them, uh, it is amazing how they can come through and the other teams do not. So, Virginia is out. It's the subject of our poll question. Uh, Very simply, as we always like to do with these uh, popcorn radio poll questions, biggest upset of the NCAA tournament so far. Uh, You got really five, we left one out. Uh, you want to throw that down there, You obviously you can. I will tell you our last poll question. I always like to give reviews from those uh, from previous days. On Friday, when we last left you, we said, uh, how many number one seeds will make the final four? Two uh, was your winner at 57.5%. Three got uh, 27%, and then none slash one got 12%, basically 13 And then all four, only 2%. Which I'm a little surprised. I I think there's a pretty good chance that you're going to get at least three. Uh, You know, Zag is in. uh, You know, Baylor maybe not. But, boy, their road got a whole lot easier without Ohio State. And then Illinois has got a tough little road. But knowing that Houston is probably their biggest obstacle, then uh, I think they're sitting pretty. And then uh, the only one that I'd worry about is the East because I do like Alabama. And I think Michigan could lose. And I got Michigan losing uh, this next round against LSU. But I, I would have thought more than 2% would have said four. Uh, that said, today the, the poll question, most shocking upset in the NCAA tournament so far. And Oral Roberts, uh, the number 15 seed over Ohio State, leading the way, 65% of the vote. Abilene Christian last night getting 23%. I'm guessing if you're on Twitter right now, you probably don't even realize Abilene Christian won. Uh, Ohio over Virginia, uh, 6.5%, and then North Texas over Purdue at 5%. Then if you happen to think, uh, um, uh, what was the other one, Uh, Oregon State. If you you happen to think Oregon State's uh, your winner, then go ahead and you can throw that down uh, and let me know uh, as a possible other so uh, let's break it all down here's the bottom line to it all uh if you went with all chalk all right meaning higher seeds let's start there as I did uh, we're having a little sports grid competition here between uh, all the hosts and you know what I'm in so many of these things and I do like to do this from time to time you know I am different as you guys know if you lls you listen in the morning I have uh, basically four different brackets now As you know, our rules are you can only brag about two. I got an upset bracket, and then I got a real bracket. Uh, And then I have an opposite picks bracket, and then I have a trend bracket, and I have a sports grid bracket. So I got five. All right, we'll start with the sports grid bracket. I know this is confusing, and I'm not bragging about this stuff, but if you just went with all the favorites... As I all the higher seeds slash better seeds, Uh, you know it's a little conceit, a little deceiving when you say higher because higher means a bigger number, but a bigger number, as we all know, means worse. But if you went with the better seeds right now, I have it as uh 21 and 10, 13 and 18 against the spread. So I'm missing one game. I I uh, I must have forgot to put one of the games on there because I'm I'm short one game. Um, I don't know if I forgot I might have forgot to put the uh the Gonzaga game in I'll double check but I have it as 21 and 10 at least um uh, in fact they said 10 seeds so that's got to be 22 and 10 because they said 10 uh double digit seeds ended up uh winning but then yeah, it could be an eight and nine so 21 – let me just say 21 and 10 13 and 18 against the spread uh in fact you know what all oh, I got do is just go to my uh let me go to my bracket. My bracket says I have uh 22 points, 2 points per, so that would be 11, uh, Not 1 point per, right? Yeah, 1 point per. So it's 22. Higher seeds are 22 and 10, straight up. Favorites are also 22 and 10, straight up. Uh, 14 and 17 at worst against the spread. I got to figure out which game I'm missing there. But 14 and 17. My bracket with that uh, higher seed is sitting there tied for eleventh place, which sounds worse than what it really is. I have twenty-two points and the leader has twenty-five, so I'm, I'm only uh, a game and a half basically off. Jared, Brian, and uh, uh, Mike Jr. there has uh tw- they have twenty-five points, so I'm at twenty-two. I'm within striking distance, not too bad. But if you did all, if you didn't do any work whatsoever, you don't know how to spell NCAA. Just give me the higher seeds right now. You'd be very much in the running, twenty-two and ten straight up. Uh, over/unders again, missing one game. I got to go back and figure which one I'm missing. Twelve and nineteen against the spread so far. If you don't include Thursday's play-in games, if you include Thursday's play in games, favorites are twenty-two and thirteen straight up, uh, fifteen and twenty-five against, or fifteen and twenty against the spread. And more importantly, maybe or at least more profoundly, over thirteen, unders twenty-two. It's been a it's been an underwhelming, if you will, tournament for sure. Twenty two and thirteen under, and uh, you know I got to give credit where credit is due. Again, with with Aim, my my partner uh, in crime there on Friday nights, he had a pretty good theory, and it, it does make sense. <clears throat> you know, as I pointed out, they're not even practicing on these courts that they're playing games on. You know, they have other facilities to practice, so they're basically being thrown into these gyms and saying, "Here, go play." And, you know, when you're not familiar with the backgrounds, no fans in the stands, you know, you're looking at empty seats in the background, first time you've been playing in these places, you're not even practicing, you know, you're basically getting a chance to warm up, that's about it. That, that makes life difficult. It really, it does lead to all these upsets that we're getting um, and closer games like we're getting as the underdogs. As I mentioned, 17 and 14 at the worst against the spread. Uh, you know, when you're just thrown into a facility, that's tough. That 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 evens the scale a little bit. So because of that, less points, twenty-two and thirteen uh, under. Now I bet that that changes today and tomorrow. Um, in, in that, this is their second game, and maybe they had with less teams had a chance to work out in these gyms that they're going to be playing in, since there are less teams available now. Um, you watch the overs not dominate, but I bet when everything is said and done after this today and tomorrow, it seems kind of weird saying tomorrow is a second-round game. It's normally, obviously, Thursday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday, so this is the first day of of second-round games. When everything is done this weekend slash Monday, I bet that nine-game gap between over and unders, I bet that's down to about three or four. I I bet we get way more uh, uh, overs today and tomorrow than we do unders, for sure. But if you didn't think at all, you'd be 22-10 uh, straight up in your brackets. And we'll see. You know, Like I said, I, I, I like doing that. I got that in our Sports Grid contest. We will see when everything is said and done. I got my four favorites still in. My biggest loss was Ohio State That's the number two seed going to the Elite Eight. But I bet you just picking the higher seeds – You'll be in it, you know. Uh, after this weekend, for sure, and maybe heading into the final four, depending on how the number ones go. So, right, just getting underway. We'll take a look at yesterday's games and today's game. That's next right here, Opposite Fix Sports Radio.
0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
1: i think the toughest thing was missing really missing two months of
2: practice where we couldn't hone down on different defenses. Uh, we, we
1: never even really pressed unless we were trying to wear people down and, or, or were down in the game. So we weren't able to, you think about it, two months of the season missing practice and then each time coming out of shape. But that was our bad luck. Um, we still came out of pause five days before the conference tournament, played
2: four games in five days, came away with a victory. And you're right, if we didn't give up two, uh, two threes by the five, man, this is anybody's game. Probably haunt me for the summer, but I always
1: give credit to the people we're playing. We thought we could do it tonight. We didn't. So you give all the credit to Alabama. You know, it's funny. When uh, the New York Jets uh, drafted uh, Mark Sanchez, right, and that was with uh, what's his face's head coach um, Rex Ryan. The big thing around here been a long time since the Jets had a halfway decent quarterback and everything else. And they, they, the big thing was he had the it factor. Like, like the it factor was going to make him throw on a dime a seventy yard out pass. You know, like, like somehow or another, the it factor was going to make lousy Mark Sanchez a great NFL quarterback. And while he wasn't horrible, 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 got them to a couple of AFC championship games thanks to their defense, he wasn't obviously the only it uh, that Mark Sanchez was, was, uh, you know, you'd add an S and an H in front of it, and that's what he was basically as a quarterback. So I say that because it's hard not to like Rick Pitino. There are certain guys just... Just them being them, they have that it right. I mean, you hear Patino talk, and he sounds good, and giving credit where credit is due. You know, if if you knew his checkered past, you can't root for the guy, right? You know, bopping people on top of uh, you know Italian restaurant tables, and and all the stuff, and and uh, you know, with Louisville and and the prostitutes and everything else. I, I mean, you know, how, how could you possibly root for the guy? And even though he's declared innocence and ignorance, you know, yeah, okay, Rick. Um, but then when you hear him talk, it's like, wow, you know what, okay, good. You know, the, the guy, and the guy can coach. Um, I'm telling you this, <clears throat> now his Iona team lost a uh, pretty close game, all things considered to Alabama, which I do think is one of the best teams in the country. So if you're a little dopey Iona, and you can lose only by 13 to Alabama, that, that that's that's not bad, right? I do think. You now he swore yesterday he's not leaving Alabama or he's not leaving Iona. He's not going to any big time programs. He's done with that. He's 68, and I got to tell you, he doesn't look a day over 50. Uh, really, for a guy that's closing in on 70, uh, he said 68, so I'll take it for his word. Um, he looks pretty darn good, right? So, but he says this is it. <clears throat> you know, he's probably thankful. That he's got another chance. Uh, the AED at Iona was a buddy of his. So he moved over from Greece, where he was coaching, got back in college basketball, kind of resurrect his career and his resume and, and maybe turned people's minds on, on what would happen at Louisville. So he swears up and down he's not going anywhere. I'll tell you where he will go, though. And I, I said this last week during our program. LLs know this. You mark it down. If FanDuel had a bet, what would be Rick Patino's next head coaching job? Brooklyn Nets, the Brooklyn Nets. I, I don't I don't think for a second he will go to a, a better college or a more prestigious college. We'll say I, I think he is done with with that nonsense. I think there's a I tell you what if anybody could ever write a book, it would be Rick Pitino. You you talk about a tell all book between his stuff, between all the dirt that he could no doubt reveal. Uh, With the NCAA and recruiting and all that other nonsense that you got to go through. Then all the NBA stuff that he went through, whether it was with the Knicks and the Boston Celtics. I mean, well, but that would be a hell of a book. That really would. But I could see him having success at Iona, which is just up the street. Um, You know, winning the local college battles. But not being enough, not you know, still having that, you know, I still got it. I'm I'm, I'm 70 years old now, and the Nets aren't winning like they should. You know, uh, Steve Kerr is just or excuse me, um, uh, what's his face? There is, is not getting the job done, and they have all this talent, and they need that one piece to put it all together. And who's here to win? You know, we we have the Harden Kyrie. And uh, Durant, they only have a couple of years together. Who's the one guy that we think could put it all together that the players would respect? I tell you, it all matches up to Patino. It really, I could definitely see that. You mark that down. If it happens, you heard it here first. I think for sure he could do it. I really can. So, but uh, yesterday, we'll take a look at some of the games. Here's the thing that I also pointed out. You know, I'm watching the end of the uh, Texas Abilene Christian game. And in fact, to be fair, I you know what I'm knocked out with this cold here. I saw the highlight at the end of the game. Uh, it, it started after ten o'clock yesterday. They they're down one after the kid hits two free throws for Abilene Christian. Right? There's one point two seconds left. It's like a uh, you know I don't know if I can use this expression. I better not even use this expression. I might get in trouble for that. It's like a a, a fire drill. All right. So it's like a fire drill. They have no play design. I mean, it's just everybody goes down the court. And the kid throws the baseball pass, a la Christian Leitner, doesn't even get to the free throw line. And uh, the Abilene Christian kid actually intercepts it, ball game over. So what's the problem, Scott? Well, I don't know. You know, I mean, how many coaches, whether you're in the NBA, whether you're in college basketball, whether you're in high school basketball, whether it's AU basketball, whether it's girls, boys, whatever the case may be, right? Whether you're in your backyard you all have that scenario right it's the dream scenario of backyard basketball you're down one there's a second and change left what are you gonna do i mean that's gotta come up somewhere in the practice doesn't it if you're texas i mean they don't don't you shaka smart who's like you know pretty smart head coach right i mean don't you have a play designed Somewhere along the line, in the thousands, literally, of practices, no doubt this guy must have had, didn't he spend a couple of days saying, all right, guys, there's going to be a game where we're going to be down one with just over a second or so left? Here's the play we're going to design. Because I guess they didn't have any timeout. They didn't call a timeout. And CBS has got to do a better job with that. They have to, whether it's CBS or TNT or whatever the case may uh, may be, they got to put on their screen how many timeouts the teams have. The NBA guys do it. Good job by the four-letter network and TNT when they have the NBA score. They have to do that with the college as well. You, you need to know, you know, because if they have a timeout, you like to think Texas would have called one in that spot. Um, so it's good to know, even just going down the stretch, you'd like to know how many timeouts they have uh, versus, you know, whether it team's in a bonus or not. So you would think that they would just have some play design where All right, guys, here you go. This is the play. We got a second left. What are we going to do? We, we we practice it all the time, right? This guy's going to set up here, this guy's going to set up there, you're going to come off the screen. We're going to have a double post, you're going to try and free up one guy. We're going to go the baseball pass. Maybe we're going to go in half court. Maybe maybe you know what, we'll take our chances at a half court shot if if that's what it takes to have an open look. But it was just like a, you know, a, a China, well, it was just like a fire drill. I mean, it was you, you just it would there was no play design. It was just go ahead and go out there. Same thing the other day with, with uh, Florida, which did end up beating Virginia Tech, right? Florida had, uh, you know, a nice comfortable lead final minute against Virginia Tech. They couldn't inbound the basketball, and they allowed Virginia Tech to tie the game and send it to overtime. Well, that happens all the time, Scott. Yeah, I understand that, but you know what? They weren't even designing a play that the guy was getting the inbound ball. He was standing there. They put one guy in the left and one guy in the right. And they were saying, basically, beat your man and, and try and get open. No cuts, no screens, no picks. No, And they were doing it, like, over and over and over. And Mike White's a pretty good head coach. You would have thought for Florida. And I'm sitting here and I'm watching Florida piss away this lead because they can't inbound the ball and they're not even running a play. It's just like here. I mean, it's like a fifth-grade girls team. My fifth-grade girls team, the old team. Um, I mean, anybody, just nothing. No pick, no screen, no – I mean, it's just – and you're supposed to be a head coach in college at a big-time program, Florida? Shocker, you're supposed to be a big-time head coach at Texas? You never got over a play where you only have a second or so left and, and you don't have anything designed in your back pocket? I don't get that. i You know, these guys are supposed to be the best in the land. If you're a Texas fan, you're saying that's the best we can come up with. Just, just heave the ball down the court. Uh, and it didn't even get down the court, for goodness sakes. It, it barely got across the, the half-court line. Just unbelievable. What do these guys do in practice? What what do they do? That never It never came up shocking. Never, never, really? You know, is there going to be a game where we're going to be down one with a second or so left? Really? Gee, I never would have thought of that. Jeez, had I known that, Scott, I would have designed the play. I would have spent a couple of hours on it. I would have spent 15 minutes on, on a play that we have in our back pocket that we could use. Gee, we were in a close game and we got to inbound the basketball? Really? I didn't know that, Florida Mike White said. I didn't know. I, I would have I practiced how we get open under full court press. I, I didn't think that was allowed in college basketball. Gee, if, if Florida would have lost that game, the way they played, and the final minute of the regulation, pissing away a, a five, six, seven point lead because they couldn't inbound the basketball not you know, and again, if you're trying to do something, I get it. But they were just trying to beat their man one on one, and it wasn't working over after over after time after time. And these are the best coaches in college basketball. That's why, you know, when I when we did our trend pick on Friday or Thursday, um, I said one of the trends was big time coaches only win championships. When you look at the past 12 winners, um, it's been the big-time coaches that have won. And it's because of stuff like this. You know, It's just like in the NFL. We talk about it every Monday. Head coaches are the smartest X of those guys in the world, but they're idiots when it comes to game management. They don't know what they're doing. And some of these college basketball coaches showed that they're in the same plight. They really are. All right, coming up 37 past the hour, back to NCAA after this. What's the radio?
0: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
2: and this obviously isn't the way that any of us envisioned it ending Um, but this is You know, one of the facts of the NCAA tournament is one team gets to stay and one team goes home. Um, You know, I thought their aggressiveness uh, really had our guards on our heels for for much of the night. Um, But at the end of the game, you know, Matt made a heck of a play, uh, created a great shot for Andrew. Uh, Andrew made a terrific shot, put us up one. We just needed to stop. You know, and we blocked the shot, didn't get the rebound. Uh, So, again, all the credit to Abilene Christian. You're listening to Opposite Picks with Scott Wetzel on Sports Grid
1: Radio, Sirius XM Channel 204. All right, that's Shaka Smart, head coach of uh, Texas. Uh, I should emphasize current head coach of Texas uh, because when he gets fired, and he no doubt will, uh, because he, quite frankly, has been a disappointment at that school. Coming uh, with all the hoopla, um, you know, like no other head coach, and, and getting a, a pretty big jump uh, from VCU days to Texas. That's a, it's a pretty good jump. Um, he has not, uh, to me, um, you know, won over there. Not, not where I think people thought he was going to do. You know, halfway decent, but, you know... NIT champ a couple of years ago is not going to get it done. You know, first round ouster NCAA tournament now is not going to get it done. Uh, First round uh, two years, three years well, two tournaments ago, not going to get it done. Uh, First round ouster five years ago, not going to get it done. Could he get fired? Listen, it wouldn't shock me. It, it, it It would not shock me. First year in Texas, all right, you give a pass. Um 4th in the conference 11 and 7 uh, 20 and 13 overall out in the first round nice job getting there. Next year 11 and 22 obviously no tournament. Next year 19 and 15 out in the first round of the NCAA's. Next year 21 and 16 NIT champ who cares. Last year 19 and 12 uh who knows if they would have gotten in or not maybe being the Texas, but you never know. This year a little better 19 and 8 out in the first round. So he's failed to make the tournament once, was going to be a bubble team last year. Three other years, you know, in total that he makes the tournament out in the first round. And then the one year he doesn't make the tournament, also, he goes on to win the NIT championship. You know, this from a head coach who, to me, didn't have a play design, down one with a second or so left. Uh, and, and didn't have a timeout, apparently. Uh, I, although I don't want to you know, throw that at his feet because maybe he did. But if he did, wasn't smart enough. Either wasn't smart enough to have a timeout left or wasn't smart enough to use a timeout. Pick your poison. Either one with a second left. Uh, it, it, it's it always, always, oh, it's just one of my pet peeves. Always, always, always have a timeout available. Now that is just, if I was a head coach, in my glory days of coaching, uh, you know, uh, PAL basketball, championship uh, appearances after another. Never really winning, but that's another story. Missing layups and everything else. Bad refereeing. But that said, you we always kept a timeout available. You just have to pretend you don't have it. This way, when there's a second left, you could call the timeout and get something to decide. Wow. So, yesterday Alabama beats Iona. I tell you, you know who the winner was yesterday, and we'll get into today's games next hour. So we'll finish up this hour with with yesterday's games. The winner yesterday, really, Alabama. Alabama. Um, they got through a tough little first round matchup. I I didn't I didn't think they gave Iona any credit whatsoever. Uh, I, I really I was surprised about that. Whether it's Patino, um, my guess is, listen, the NCAA. I don't care what they say. I, I, You know, you talk about writing a book. There is not a doubt in my mind that they throw these pairings uh, or seedings out the window and just make up matchups that they want or they don't want. I told you last week. Louisville was not getting in. I was one of the few guys that said Louisville was not getting in. Why? Because they were not going to bend over backwards for a club like Louisville that's been beset with FBI investigations and everything else. Had they been absolutely in, then obviously they would have gotten in. But um, any chance to keep a club like that out was not getting in. And you go back two years ago, um, not last year since we didn't have a tournament, but two years ago when the FBI story broke. All those teams that were labeled in that investigation, the bubble teams, none of them got in. Go take a look back. None of them. The only one that got in was Arizona, and they were hands down. So I said the same thing was going to happen to Louisville. And sure enough, they didn't get in. This year now, you get the guy that was behind the Louisville program at the time, Coach Iona, Does a great job, Patino, getting him in. What do they do? They put him up against Alabama. They, they they did not want Patino advancing on. It's as clear as day. They did not want Patino making a name for himself. So they stuck him as the number 15 seed. There's no way in the world watching that team play this year. Now, beset with the you know COVID situations, everything else, I am a little surprised they didn't make him have the play-in game, to tell you the truth. But that would have meant Patino... Um, yeah, I guess they could have really made them a playing game and then have them face uh, you know Gonzaga in the first round and really kind of screw them. But maybe they didn't want to go over the top with that. But they, there's no doubt in my mind they made sure they didn't want Patino advancing. Just like there's no doubt in my mind that they didn't believe in Sister Jean, which is really a shame. It, it really is. That Loyola Chicago team has a couple of guys on the team that made the Final Four two seasons ago. So, why would they make the same team basically core the same team this year be only a number eight seed? Why? Because they would rather have had the second round matchup be a darling matchup of Illinois versus Chicago, Loyola of Chicago versus maybe taking the risk Sister Gene and Loyola lose in the first round. And then not have their their Cinderella little darling that they could uh, you know cling hold to, because if it was me, that Loyola of Chicago team is not a number eight seed. It is not. They are a very very good team. You know, again, they go to the Final Four a couple of years ago. They got a couple of kids on that team that are on this team. That, that goes to show, if they're a Final Four team a couple of years ago, and it's the same head coach and, and some of the same players, that, that program is very good. They win their regular season. They win their postseason. That shows that they're a pretty good team. They're not an 8-9 team. But chance to suit up Illinois versus Loyola of Chicago, Battle of Illinois, they'd rather do that than hope that Loyola has another Cinderella run. They'd rather take uh, the immediate definite matchup of Illinois versus loyal of Chicago versus putting them as a number four seed a number five seed uh, maybe a number six seed you know they could have done that easily right now even a number seven seed would have given them a better uh, you know matchup than having to face the number one team in the land you know what that reminds me of remember a few years back when Wichita State was undefeated and they stuck them playing Kentucky I want to say in like the second round I don't even think it was the third round. They and even even uh, Calipari, it was disappointed saying, "This is a real good Wichita State team," and now they got to play us. And that was one of the years that Kentucky had one of those monster teams. Um, and lo and behold, you know, Kentucky did win, but they didn't want to. They don't like these Cinderella teams. It's it's the weirdest thing. You know, you, you think all the publicity that they got. With Sister Jean, right? Again, I, you know, I mentioned this last week in the, in the morning show. Yeah, name one player on that team. Name, name, you know, where the team is located. Name the state the team is located. Who knows? You know, the loyal of Chicago. I guess it's Illinois, right? Yeah, it is. But, you know, but name who's the, the face of the franchise. Oh, Sister Jean, the whole world knows that. You don't even have to be a basketball fan to know that, right? So why wouldn't the NCAA want to capitalize on that? They don't because they don't want these mid-majors to get involved in their sport. They don't. We see it, obviously, in football, and we see it in basketball as well. You love it. I love it. Uh, even the gamblers love these Cinderella stories. NCAA doesn't want any part of them. We want no part of Rick Patino and Iona. We want no part of Sister Jean and Loyola. Nope, none. Get rid of them. First, second round. That's it. Get rid of them. Be done with them. We won nothing but big boys after the first weekend, and it's too bad because that team. I don't know the fact and the, the fact that Loyola is only a six and a half point favorite. Now I may have bumped up to seven and a half. I'll double check, but they opened up as only a six and a half point underdog. Six. Now you're telling me that Illinois, most people have going to the Final Four. Uh, many of us, myself included, having winning it all, the best team in the land is only a a six-and-a-half-point favorite over Loyola, then that tells me that Loyola was not seeded right, right? Because that'll be, I I bet, the lowest number-one seed second-round matchup. Gonzaga will be double digits over Oklahoma. Uh, Baylor will no doubt be double digits over Wisconsin, I would think. Um, That's going to be Michigan and LSU added. That might not be Uh, because I, I do believe LSU got screwed over as well. But, you know, six-and-a-half-point underdog in a second-round matchup for Loyal. That, uh, that does stink. It does. So, Abilene Christian beats Texas. We talked about that, 53-52. Uh, Kansas down uh, eight at the half, rallies, and ends up winning by nine over Eastern Washington. Didn't get the cover. Uh, Florida State only up three against UNC Greensboro. Does win by ten. Um, Ohio and Virginia, and we talked about that earlier, 62-58. Virginia, uh, not doing the job. Uh, Creighton uh, surviving, beating UC Santa Barbara 63-62. No doubt that was uh, on a lot of people's uh, – I thought actually Creighton was going to uh, to lose, to tell you the truth, and I'll go over my brackets here in a second. Uh, Colorado, this this was a surprising score. Um, I had Georgetown winning. I, I was riding the Patrick Ewing Georgetown mantra there, the good feelings and everything else, but uh Colorado blitzed them. And they, they won this one from start to finish. They were leading by 24 at the half. It was as many as 34. Uh Georgetown made a little run late just to make it respectable in the final couple of minutes, but no, nowhere close. 96 to 73. So too bad. You know, in a lot of ways, at least they didn't win by 30 or so, but you know, in some ways, everything they accomplished by winning the Big East tournament last week kind of got thrown out the window. And when you lose like that in a game that should have been a competitive game, you know they had a they were, they were six point underdogs, and I thought that was a little high. But you know, they should have been able to compete against Colorado, and they didn't. Uh, you just wonder what that would have done. Uh, LSU, I loved LSU yesterday uh, against St. Bonaventure. I don't know why. You know, two lines the, the, in the first round that really made no sense to me. Arkansas only an eight and a half point favorite over Colgate. And uh, LSU, one of the better teams in the SEC. SEC doesn't get any love with the boys in Vegas, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Only a point and a half favorite over St. Bonaventure, and they ended up killing them. Um, You know what what killed St. Bonaventure is that LSU literally had two points the first seven minutes of the game, yet St. Bonaventure only had four. They had a golden, golden, golden opportunity to take a double-digit lead and they only led 4 to 2. And I was, I was watching miss shot after miss shot after miss shot after miss shot go up. Uh, I was saying to myself, you know, this is going to cost St. Bonaventure. And uh, lo and behold, they did. Uh, Michigan blows out Texas Southern 82 66. No big deal there. USC beat Drake 72 56. Uh, I was surprised with Maryland beating UConn. Uh, you know, that's one of those games where, boy, the shots just didn't fall for UConn. Uh, Book Night Kid did not play well. So, as good as uh, UConn was to close out the season with Book Knight in the lineup, they didn't get it done. Oklahoma beats Missouri by four, uh, and Gonzaga and UCLA beating uh, BYU. That I was very surprised with. Um, and it was such a low-scoring game, I thought that'd be a high-scoring game. We'll close that hour with number one
0: next. sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com i think the simple simple answer is uh their goal is to make our fours beat them so if your fours beat us making threes and making plays then so be it but But everybody else, they kind of defended. They sent their four on Tilly. Or they probed our four some. Um, You know, so I think that was more of the game plan. Just, say, if their four is going to beat us, let them beat us. Yeah, well,
1: here's the bottom line with that. Missouri head coach, uh, Quanzo Martin. Not a good uh, weekend for, for Purdue. Uh, first up, they lose to North Texas. And then uh, their favorite son, Quanzo Martin, head coach at Missouri, loses to an Oklahoma team. That's pretty good, but, you know, limped down the stretch and was playing without their second best player because of COVID. Uh, the Harmon kid. So, boy, if you can't beat Oklahoma in that spot, if you're Missouri, that that's a... That's a bad loss. That, that, that is really an ugly loss uh, for Missouri. They, all the chances in the world to win that basketball game. So not a bad run now for Oak, uh, for uh, for uh, Gonzaga and, um, and Alabama, as I was going to get into before I got sidetracked on the Patino thing, because Alabama, first off, rope to the Final Four. Now avoids uh, Connecticut, uh, has to take on Maryland, but eh. uh And then they get Abilene Christian or UCLA in the next round. Because those two knocked off BYU and Texas. That's a pretty, you know, Maryland and maybe Abilene Christian or UCLA is uh, standing in your way to get into Elite eight. That's pretty good if you're an Alabama guy, as I am. I got them going. And uh, Gonzaga, Virginia gone. We told you about how this this bracket was easy. Uh, you know, Creighton barely beating uh, Cal Santa Barbara doesn't show me anything. Oklahoma without a second-best player is not going to compete against Gonzaga. Um, you know, Iowa, Oregon does advance on, Kansas uh, struggles, but advances on, but uh, that, that's a pretty easy bracket for sure uh, on the left side. So most shocking upset NCAA tournament updated. Oral Roberts over Ohio State so far leading the way uh, at uh, nearly 61% of the vote. Abilene Christian over Texas last night getting 28% of the vote. Uh, go to your opposite Picks feed, uh, O-P-P-O-S-I-T-E, Picks, P-I-C-K-S, and get your vote in. We'll update that a couple times an hour. number two. We'll take a look at uh, today's game. That's next right here, opposite Picks Sports Good Radio, Series XM 204.